Welcome to another Infographic Instant with Brian Michael. In this episode, we'll be looking at the question, how much money does the IGAD region need, and from where does this money come? Before we talk about the infographics in this series, we should note that the framework guiding this analysis is a focus on the modern approach to investment. During the 1960s and 70s, economists focused mostly on the need to accumulate capital in order to promote development. And while we have gone away from that way of thinking about development, it's still true that any economy needs to accumulate money in order to grow. And the intellectual model that we use is more akin to the China Development Bank model, which has shown spectacular successes in the recent decades. In the case of the IGAD region, there's probably another benefit to the extent that such a new approach to development finance might be able to solve the current debt overhang crisis. Now, looking at the first figure, figure 19, we show roughly the amount of money in investment required by different IGAD economies in order to achieve what we call the optimal growth path. In other words, growth which is not too slow as to keep these economies from developing at their potential optimum, but also not so fast that it distorts the economy or results in other problems which are too complicated to go into here. And the methodology that we use, we assume that each of these economies is on rails, as it were. In other words, rather than developing a very complicated model, of investment in these economies, we simply assume that these economies would grow at a certain rate depending on the investment they receive if we use other low-income economies as a role model. And so to the extent that these economies reflect our sample economies, we see that Ethiopia would need roughly $12 billion in order to grow along its optimum output path. The Sudan would need roughly $10 billion, Kenya $8 billion, and you can see the other amounts in front of you. The second infographic in this series focuses on the amount of money that could have been raised if these economies had a securitization-led development financing model rather than a debt-led one. And what we show here is that this potential size of securitization in these economies would provide enough resources in order to send these economies on rails, as we said in the last infographic, to send them on their optimal growth path. We estimate that they could have raised roughly $60 billion in a kind of securitization scheme. And specifically, the scheme that we imagine here is we turn the foreign direct investment paradigm on its head. And instead of assuming that this investment just remains in private hands, we ask, well, what happens if these investments were securitized and instead sold publicly? 
In this way, investors could have diversified their risk and potentially offered advisory services to specific companies in order to help them grow better. If such foreign direct investment was instead securitized, we see that the amount of money that could have been raised in many cases well exceeds the GDP of the IGAD economies in question. So in oil-rich Sudan, for example, securitization of many oil assets would have produced 160% of GDP in resources, whereas in for Ethiopia and Kenya, they would have seen easily well over 100% of their GDP in extra investment financing. Looking at the next infographic, we highlight some of the advantages of using this new development model, specifically in the IGAD region. We note that securitization of this type would solve or go around other institutional problems which prevent investment currently. There are regulations which discourage the formation of corporations and the long-term placement of investment in these economies. Therefore, we postulate that mass securitization could work around this problem of corporatization in these economies, particularly looking at the Sudan, Ethiopia, and Uganda, we notice that the percent of companies which are organized as limited liability corporations falls well under 10% in the case of Sudan and Ethiopia, under 5%. And what's more troubling is that for the companies that are there, we see very large concentration of ownership in relatively few very rich owners. In both the case of Sudan and Ethiopia, these companies have ownerships well in the 90% or over range. This has been another Infographic Instant with Brian Michael.